Very good morning to you and welcome to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. We hope that wherever you are in the world listening to us right now or on demand at BFF.FM, you are having a belter of a day. And we kick things off there with The Pogues and the title track from one of the best albums ever written, If I Should Fall From Grace With God because uh, this week we are celebrating the life and death of one of the greatest lyricists, if not the greatest lyricist of his generation. That is, of course, Shane McGowan, who sadly passed away on the 30th of November at the age of 65 in Dublin. Yeah, and it's so funny. You know, I heard the news, and it was it was not long before I heard that news that... Uh, word to come out that Henry Kissinger had passed away mm. and uh, I was actually traveling on business but I uh, came across a, a rather scathing um, not really obituary but a, a rather scathing article about the the life of Henry Kissinger and uh, and what you know he accomplished and what those accomplishments wrought mm. uh, over many decades and so right before we started recording this I said you know the, the the Rolling Stone you know the Rolling Stone listen to me Rolling Stone put out this really harsh you know mm. critique of, of Kissinger I'm curious if they wrote anything you know for Shane McGowan and obviously I wasn't expecting it to be you know comparable um, but it's it's kind of funny that the the same magazine that that put out this indictment of <clears throat> of, of Kissinger's policies and exactly what you know what they did can turn around in like just if you know a few days later mm. and write this really wonderful tribute to 
like you said, an, an incredible lyricist. Mm. It just, it's, it's funny, like, Shane did not have... Okay, I was going to say that he did not really have a broad vocal range, but I don't really know if that's the case. There are certain musicians that bring whatever a band needs. Mm. Um, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, Ringo Starr, he was a bad drummer. Like, no, he... Ringo Starr was not John Bonham, but the Beatles didn't need John Bonham. They needed someone like Ringo. Yeah. John Bonham was, was you know, he, essential to the sound of Led Zeppelin. They needed a drummer that was going to, you know, have that kind of power behind him, and, and, but at the same time keeping a very steady beat. Mm. And the Pogues did not necessarily need someone with a, a beautiful Irish tenor with, like, you know, a huge, you know, vocal range they needed Shane McGowan, mm. and and fortunately they they had him. I think one of the great things about McGowan, like you say, his voice, uh, his voice perfectly fit the um, timber of the music of the Pogues, and um, later uh, after he got kicked out of the Pogues, uh, <laughs> his uh, his follow up act, which was um, Shane McGowan and the Popes, uh, which followed a, a similar sort of um, vein of music. Uh, you were right that Shane did not have a particularly uh, like large vocal range, but he was able to hit every emotional beat that he needed to. He he understood, I think, uh, better than anyone the kind of music that he was making with his with his bandmates with with other musicians. And so he was able to bring the right uh, emotional heft and weight, you know, wh whether that be uh, a song like Fiesta, which is raucous, <laughs> raucous and, and wild and crazy, um, or uh, a song like A Pair of Brown Eyes, which is very, very, uh, it, he, he, you know, it's got a morose sort of feel to it. it it's about regret and it's about, like, memory and about, you know, like a, a feel of something, a sense of something lost, you know, um, and uh, I don't think that there were many um, vocalists that that kind of captured that same that that could have captured the same attitude, and, you know, could have captured that same sort of like just like like overwhelming mix of like devil may care attitude coupled with coupled with incredibly incredible depths of sorrow if, if i may um a paragraph here i think kind of sums up what we're getting at uh, this mm. is actually from the the rolling stone article that i referenced here it's called we'll have another round the mad celtic genius of shane mcgowan uh, written by rob sheffield and published on december 1st of this year it says if there's a song that sums up his mad genius it's one he didn't even write the old triangle the brendan b in prison ballad he used to sing with the pogues it's his fiercest vocal tour de force over accordion and tin whistle, turning it into his own life story. Shane rasps about lost men in prison, crying over girls who forgot them years ago, choking on voices that have gone unheard so long they're barely human. He chews on every line and spits it out for verse after verse. The song is a prison cell he'll never escape. So many singers have done the old triangle from Bean to Bono to Bobby D, but no one's ever made it sound as lonely as Shane. And at the same time, though, he... The, the song Rainy Night in Soho there's just such a wonderful tenderness mm. and and it's it's interesting as I'm trying to think of other vocalists who have that that kind of emotional range if not the vocal range 
Uh, the only one other one that I can think of is uh, Tom Waits, mm. who kind of has a very similar quality in the sense that, like, in a lot of his songs, there's, like, this grunting, rasping, mm. very strange, like, you know, vocal performance. But yet at the same time can can have these, you know, and again, it's not it's not a... It's not like, you know, he's putting on an affect and then suddenly it's like, oh, he's actually, you know, this this yeah. incredible baritone. Um, it is it is just that he is able to use his voice as an instrument that can be either harsh or just heartbreakingly beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you, you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, comparison to Tom Waits is um, very apt um, because, again, yeah, because like, like Waits... There you have in Shane McGowan a man whose voice could be um, an acquired taste, maybe to some, um, especially as you know his unfortunate um, issues with alcohol put 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 some damage to his to his vocal abilities. Yeah, you can you can definitely hear that as if you listen, you know, from mm. the early days through um, this, in the album Hell's Ditch. I remember mm. getting that album and being like shocked like wow you can you can definitely tell yeah but again a a man who is able to bring such great poetry to his work uh we are going to be playing as much music by mr mcgowan uh also you know whether it be his work with the pogues or um his other musical acts as well as a few covers uh of his work um We hope that you enjoy this as much as we will definitely enjoy it. Uh, But let's keep things going right now. Uh, This next track comes from um, the Pogues album Rum, Sodomy and the Lash. This is The Sickbed of Kuhullen. McCormick and Richard Tauber are singing by the bed There's a glass of punch below your feet And an angel at your head There's devils on each side of you With bottles in their hand You need one more drop of poison And you'll dream of foreign lands When you pissed yourself in Frankfurt And got sipped out in Cologne And you heard the rattling stack trains As you lay there all alone Brian bought your whiskey in a brothel in Madrid And you text off me a blackshirt who was cursing all the yids And a sick bit of Coop Cullen will nail and say a prayer But a ghost are rattling at the door and the devil's in that chair Houston Tavern, you screamed there was your shell But I wouldn't give you service, so you kicked the windows out They took you out and turned the street, kicked you in the brains So you went back then through a bolted door and did it all again And a sick man of Coot Cullen will nail and say a prayer And the ghosts are rattling at the door and the devil's in the chair The banshees howl There was lazy drunken bastards Singing Billy in the bowl They took you up to midnight mass And left you in the lurch So you dropped a button in the plate 
and spewed up in the church. Now you sing a song of liberty for blacks and packs of jocks. And I'll take you from this dump you're in and stick you in a box. Then I'll take you to the fire and shove you in the ground. We stick your head back out and shut, we'll have another round. Like the great sword of Cucullin, we'll kneel around and cry. And God is in his heaven and Freddy's down by the fire.
such a beautiful, beautiful version of a beautiful song. You're listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And that song that you just heard was Rainy Night in Soho, which was written by Shane McGowan, but that particular version was a cover uh, with Nick Cave and Shane McGowan, uh, coming from the single What a Wonderful World. Before that, you heard Dark Streets of London, that was by the Pogues, and that comes from their album Red Roses for Me, which I think was the first Pogues album I ever purchased, after my then-boyfriend, now-husband, was like, yeah, you you listen to the Pogues, right? And I'm like, yeah, every day. (laughs) And then immediately went to my local record store and was like, I need need these albums. I I need to quickly learn who these people are. And it, and which ended up being great because it introduced me to an incredible band. Uh, we started off that set with uh, the sick ped of Cool Holland, uh, which is also again by the Pogues, uh, from their album Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash. And I think that that phrase there comes from was that a Churchill quote or was that a, a, a Lord Nelson quote or who was that? Um, I that's a good question. It it, it reference it's a it's a um, it's a reference to the British Navy. Great reference to the British Navy. Um, Okay, I guess it was it was Churchill who said it. Okay. Yeah, he described the British Navy as this, the traditions of the Royal Navy are rum, sodomy, and the lash. <laughs> <laughs> a ringing endorsement of that branch of the armed forces. <laughs> oh. but, uh, but yeah, so we we are paying tribute to uh, the sadly late but always great Shane McGowan, who mm. passed away last week at the age of 65, I believe it was. 65 years old. He would have been 66 um, on December 25th. Born on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he's kind of known, he's kind of famous uh, for for his uh, prodigious use of, of alcohol. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of, it sounds it sounds cruel, and I don't mean it to, but it's kind of surprising that he made it as long as he did. Um, that is definitely, no, I think it's, it's fair to, um, it's fair to say that because he certainly was very close um uh to to death more than a few times um he uh had an awful lot of 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 issues with alcohol and then um you know uh about uh, about 8 years ago now um, in 2015, he he fell and actually broke his pelvis. Oof. Yeah, so he had been um, he 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 had had a lot of issues with 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 drugs and alcohol throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. And um, I I after after his injury, he um, started to. Um, uh, get clean, get sober, um, which um, which is probably what gave him the extra few years, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he um, was it a, a girlfriend or, or a wife that, that was kind of that kind of helped him through that process. Um, he married his long-term partner, so she she was his wife when they when when he um, when he just passed away. There, uh, Victoria Mary Clark, um, who is uh, a journalist and a writer from uh, from Ireland, and um, yeah, they were in a relationship together for a long time, and then um, married a few years back. Um, but it, it, it's I remember I remember another 
uh, another great songwriter who is no longer with us, unfortunately, Joe Strummer. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, there there is a there is a, a when I was a child, I used to watch it all the time. But it was um, the uh, St. Patrick's Day concert by the Pogues at the Town and Country Club in London. And it was amazing. Like Joe Strummer uh, came and played with them on stage. They played uh, London Calling. Uh, members of the specials uh, were on stage, like the brass section from the specials. Um, they, they did a, an amazing version of, um, um, what, what's, the, what's the name? name of that song now a message to you uh Kirsty McCall showed up and <laughs> and so it was just this it was an incredible show um but they they cut to an interview um that they would do that they did with Joe backstage um a couple of times and he just talked about how great a songwriter Shane was and how um you know it was unfortunate that you know he, he just had this reputation for being like a like a a drunkard um because that unfortunately overshadowed his incredibly uh like literate and 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 thought-provoking lyricism you know like this this is a man who was from a very young age like like you know very uh very well educated uh incredibly smart even as a child like mm-hmm. reading like james joyce and dostoevsky <laughs> like in like in his preteens you know yeah um and uh it's but yeah you you wonder like you know you, you wonder what what more he could have been capable of if he had if he had gotten a better grip on his addictions earlier in life, um, you know, it's one of those what ifs, isn't it? Yeah. And this is, this is a bit off topic. Um, at least, you know, not, well, it's not completely off topic, but slightly, (laughs) slight tangent. Yeah. Uh, when you were naming the different groups that got together for that St. Patrick's Day show, Mm. it's, it's interesting to me because the, the Pogues were always, you know, they always, said that they were, you know, punk, you know, kind of like they, they had a lot of the, the punk ethos and the punk attitude, mm-hmm. but obviously the music uh, draws very heavily from, you know, traditional Irish music. Mm. I, I don't want to say that it, that it is traditional Irish music because it, it definitely is a lot harder charging a lot of, uh, you know, and there's a lot of different influences. Mm. Um, I, I find it kind of interesting that uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, Shane McGowan or the Pogues uh, ever went to Spain at one point, but at a certain point, like there's different songs that you can definitely hear, kind of like a mm. a Spanish or Latin American influence too. So uh, they were not purists, I guess you could say. Um, no, not at all. I mean, especially given how many members of the Pogues, including Shane himself, um, you know, came from the the London punk scene, which was a bit of a melting pot in its own right. Yeah. So I guess the question is kind of a two-part question, um, but it's it's related. So so what do you think it was about traditional Irish music that drew people from? Because you you're a fan of punk, and obviously you know mm-hmm. you are familiar. You know, maybe you know maybe not a scholar of, but you're familiar with traditional Irish music. You grew yeah. up in in Ireland where it was not unusual to have like trad nights. Yeah. Um, at at your local pub. Um, so what do you think drew these punks into playing like kind of more 
a more traditional style of music, I'll say. And then later on, like, what? Why do you think musicians like, especially like, you know, like Joe Strummer and the Specials and and you know names that you know very well known names. Why do you think that they wanted to you know to to play with the Pogues at that show? Because people who know the Pogues love them, mm. but they are not you know they are not the Clash. They are not like huge headline names that that everybody knows, even if they're only like really casual music listeners. I think it has to do with uh, a couple of different factors. Um, first of all, like I said, um, you know. Shane and other members of the Pogues uh, were part of um, like the the London punk scene, uh, as was Joe Strummer, uh, and then um, as the punk scene kind of spread out along you know in England, you know industrial towns uh, in the north of England and and elsewhere started to produce uh, their own bands, and so you had that that opportunity for for bands to play together, and then the members of those bands would go on to to make other bands like the Pogues or the Specials, and I think as well what what they all have in common is uh, a a a real interest in very different types of of music. You know, I mean, I don't want to besmirch. Um, uh, like American punk rock because without American punk rock without like the Ramones and the New York Dolls you you don't have um, you don't have the British punk scene in the way that it was made you know um, but I think that like when it came to like American punk rock like you can tell that the Ramones were heavily influenced by uh, the Stooges and like the some of the kind of like artsy New York bands that they were playing with, like Talking Heads, and you know, um, and and so and and then and then other like like gritty stripped down rock and roll bands like like the New York Dolls, and they were also really influenced by you know fifties rock and rollers, you know, like Chuck Berry and and, and the likes who who they would have grown up listening to. Yeah, um, that whole thing where where American music is is generally speaking much more stratified because mm. of the way that that radio you know radio play was um not radio airplay mm. was segregated i mean yeah. there's, there's no way around it it was segregated yeah yeah <laughs> the I, charts were segregated uh, meanwhile you have um you, meanwhile you have basically like you know people like people like shane mcgowan himself whose parents were irish he was born uh he was born in england uh because his parents were visiting like family at the time uh, and then he lived in ireland for like the first sort of he, he lived in ireland until he was about six years old and then the whole family moved back to to england uh where he where he grew up you know so he he was like a he was a dual irish british citizen and so you know he's just one example of an immigrant living in a city full of immigrants you know so um what happens is you you grow up you know in or near like a big city like london and you get the opportunity to listen not just to like the the, the rock and roll that's coming from america and then the punk rock that's come from america you, you don't just hear like patty smith or the Ramones or, or the Stooges and that. You also hear um, dancehall and reggae. Uh, you also hear um, like like skiffle 
and you know yeah. and, and older British rock and roll uh, you hear folk music like the folk scene in, in Britain was massive you hear and then because you're Shane McGowan for example um, you grow up in an Irish household you you grow up listening to um, Irish traditional acts like the Dubliners you know um, who the Pogues famously played with later on in an amazing rendition of the Irish Rover. So I think what they had in common was that they, they all kind of came from, from, from a scene in which they kind of got to know each other, but also they were very interested in learning about different types of music. Like, like the Clash were, like when the Clash got to tour America, like you could hear the influence of like early hip hop in their later albums, you know? And and so um, the same thing then happens with, with the Pogues. And I think I think that's also why they, they got such a strong following in Ireland and the UK, because they there was an audience there that was that was comfortable listening to a band that just kind of like smashed all of these different ideas and genres together. Okay, and it's it's really interesting how that comes about for me because I know that um, there you know there are plenty of of bands in the U.S. that are you know that play traditional Irish music, mm. but there I, I don't think that the Pogues could have happened in America, mm. uh, or if they did, that it I, I, I now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it could because there is kind of that impression of like you know that. Like the oh the traditional music that's for old people mm. that is for like you know your grandparents and yes you might have heard it at, at home yes but that's your grandparents music um, like here in Cleveland um, there's a radio station a college radio station and they dedicate a certain amount of like airplay each week to different ethnic radio shows mm. so they'll have like they do have like an, an Irish you know music program um, I think that's something it's that's Thistle and Shamrock I actually I think that plays on NPR mm. uh, but they'll have like the Polish hour and they'll have the Hungarian hour and they'll have you know the German hour stuff like that um, and all of those shows really kind of cater to the the diaspora mm. but the music that is played on those shows it's not this these are not modern like Polish or Hungarian like rock bands this is very traditional like. I, I hate to say oompa, but you know, like like a traditional polka, traditional like you know Hungarian music stuff like that, and so there's kind of this this thing of like okay, that's that music is for you know immigrants mm. who have just arrived and haven't fully assimilated yet. It is for old people <laughs> who immigrated many years ago and have assimilated but want a taste of um, you know they they want to remember you know what it was like when they were young and where they were living, a taste of home again. Um, and then, like, the third category is, like, it is for weirdos like myself um, <laughs> who, who you know, enjoy kind of, like, you know, experiencing culture. Mm. And, and sometimes that is people who, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, third generation or fourth generation, you know, Polish, for example. And so, like, you know, I, I listen to this and, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning Polish and I'm trying to, like, you know, learn the language. So I'm listening to this program. Um and I'm, I'm sure it has happened in the past where there are bands that will take that music, you know, U.S. bands that will take that music and kind of, you know, blend it in with, with, with rock or, mm. or, or metal. I'm thinking of Fintroll now, of course, which is a, uh, a folk metal outfit um, out of Finland. But, but you don't, you would not really, I don't think you would see that kind of cross-pollination happening so much mm. because there is such a big emphasis on, like, 
it's fine to be proud of where your ancestors came from, but at a certain point, you're kind of expected to to set that baggage down mm. and just be American. Mm. And American, is, you know, American music is Elvis Presley and Chuck Berry and you know the the various bands that that influenced you know bands in the UK. <laughs> uh, w- well. It's very interesting to examine like the the development of, of, of the sound that kind of became the amalgamation of the Pogues. Um, because the next few songs we have set up uh, are actually from Shane McGowan's first musical group, which was a punk band. <laughs> they had n- entitled, uh, they, they, they originally known as the Nipple Erectors. <laughs> Which they then shortened to the nips. Yeah, and I, I remember you first telling me about the nips and being like, oh, 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 oh dear, oh no, oh dear, because that is that is a slur. Um, <laughs> that is an unfortunate name. True, um, but if it was short for like the, that, the that nip- that's okay. Yeah yeah, 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 it's short for the nipple erectors. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're concerned, just refer to the band only as the nipple erectors yes. from here on out. <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's. Let's go ahead and, 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 and hear what early Shane McGowan was like right now.
every day, BFF.FM strengthens communities across our region by sharing superb music with everyone. Music to connect people with each other and the community they're part of. Carefully curated programs on BFF.FM enrich and engage with music you know and surprise you with music new to your years. Music on BFF.FM just makes any day better. Your donation to BFF.FM is an investment in the power of music to uplift, to connect all of us together. Please take a moment now to invest in the power of music at BFF.FM.
Well, there you go. Uh, some very early uh, vocals there from Mr. Shane McGowan, whose life and work and music we are celebrating here this week. You are listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM best frequencies forever and uh, you just heard um, Shane McGowan's first musical group um, the nipple erectors slash the nips uh, which I, I guess uh, they I think they they shortened the name uh, because um, I guess they there was concern that they weren't going to be able to get played on the radio if they were called n- the nipple erectors which is <laughs> <laughs> but either way they've been played on the radio right now uh, you just heard uh, three songs right there. Um, King of the Bop, Nervous Wreck, which were the first two uh, songs ever recorded by the band. Uh, it was a double A side. Oh, wow. And then uh, kicked, uh, we finished things off there with uh, Gabrielle. And um, yeah, it, it, it is, it's interesting. If you, um, uh, I'm trying to remember, the, I think it's just called the, the, the punk rock movie, but there's a, a wonderful... Uh, documentary style film that was made about the London punk scene and uh, it features like a bunch of like live performances from a from like uh, a you know different different punk rock bands you know in, in the London scene uh, interspersed with um, other bits and pieces like you know people in the crowd and uh, the 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 um, the I guess famous or infamous it, it's used all the time in documentaries about about punk in, in Britain uh, the scene of, of this uh, you know uh, young woman kind of sitting against a wall and the DJ starts playing reggae and she goes finally some good music <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's but there's also in that film there is footage of a young Shane McGowan oh, wow. and he's wearing like this military style jacket but it's got like a big union jack on the back <laughs> And he's just dancing along, like just pogoing around uh, to uh, to the music, and it's just very funny to to see a a baby faced uh, Shane McGowan, uh, you know, before um, basically before bef- long before he ever um, got together with uh, with the rest of the Pogues and and formed that outfit, uh, just kind of jumping headlong into uh, the uh, the London punk scene. It's wild to think about, you know, mm. because. You look back now and you're like, wow, that was music history being made right there. And when you see famous people in, you know, in those kind of situations, it it, it always kind of takes me aback a little bit. Like, you know, yes, this was, this was, you know, a famous, you know, these were famous events. These were famous things that happened in, mm. in rock history. But all of those famous events were just made up of people. Like, mm. yes, Shane McGowan was there, but there were also a bunch of other people that were there who didn't become famous and that's okay yeah. they were just there to be part of the scene to listen to music to have a good time to make friends to you know to to be part of something bigger than themselves and that's uh it's always really cool to see that it is it, it's really fun to watch that kind of archive footage and just see the energy of like this community of young people kind of embracing the 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 uh, you know vibe that's going around like just all of this artistic uh, energy like which is disseminating then through people who 
you know, maybe make a form a band or start a, a, a zine or start taking photographs or start like crafting a style for themselves, you know, like, like, you know, it became uh, an opportunity to express yourself in so many different ways, you know, whether that be simply, uh, whether that be something as simple as, you know, cutting your hair and, and, and spiking it or, you know, getting up on stage and, and, you know, figuring out how to play a guitar, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, it's, you, you do wonder, um, you know, what kind of, you know, British music scene you might have had were not for that kind of melting pot of cultures and music that hit at, at just the right time, you know, like, you know, out of, out of, um, out of British punk, you know, you, you get stuff like, you know, you, you get the, the, the post-punk stuff, you get the new wave stuff, you get, you know, bands that were influenced by it, but then kind of, um, made their own kind of you know turn you know use that to create their own sound like i'm you know like bands like the police or the jam who had a um you know they they they, had, they touched on like like the punk sound but 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 adopted it and adopted other kind of elements as well like, you know? yeah like mod fashion and kind of uh it, I, I always whenever i think about the jam i always think like this is this is the punk band that you bring home to mom and dad yeah. because they're all wearing suits yeah <laughs> And that was by design because they wanted to be able to play rock and roll, but they wanted to they wanted to be able to get on telly. They wanted to get on top of the pops, and 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 then you you know you think about like you know Manchester and and Factory Records, and you think about Joy Division and and yeah. then New Order and and like like you know, you, and then you've got DJs who would play at these at these shows between bands, and you know they went on and did their own thing and then like club music and house music and you know and um which obviously was uh, like like this is wild um i was watching a i was watching a documentary uh called american hardcore which is about obviously the american hardcore punk scene and like you will never guess who i see interviewed in the middle of this documentary about the hardcore scene in, in america john tesh no <laughs> No, Moby. What? Moby. Moby was a a hardcore punk rocker. No. Yeah. <laughs> I do not believe you. <laughs> Moby is an electronic artist. Yeah. He is frequently somewhat sad. <laughs> well, he used to be a lot angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, but yeah, you, you know, you make a very good point where it, it's, it's, it's just remarkable sometimes to see that kind of energy and, and, and what can become of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, it's very funny. You and I, like, we have very different sort of like musical tastes we have very similar tastes but then we also have quite different tastes in a lot of ways like yeah our, our venn diagram covers a lot in the middle but there are some you mm. know some things that are kind of on the edge yeah like you know i'll be like oh wow yeah dag nasty and, <laughs> <laughs> and 
has ever, has, I, I know sometimes I have trouble listening to some of the music that you really like. Is there, but you've always been very enthusiastic about uh, about the stuff that I like. So I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's anything. Maybe like my, maybe my circle is kind of like you know pushed a little bit further into yours. So it's, it's only like the sliver <laughs> at the edge. For you, like I don't know. Maybe I mean once you know, maybe once you've you know you've sat down and you and you'd listen you've listened to like forty five minutes of what is essentially a buzzsaw, <laughs> and a dude like you know kind of debt growl death screaming screeching uh, about Reagan. Uh, <laughs> you could pretty much enjoy anything. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we should we should get back to um, we should get back to, to Shane McGowan and um, the music of the Pogues, um, of which we still have a ton more that we want to play. We 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 have a, a like a, a bunch of great music that we're going to play, as well as a couple of really really good uh, covers that I think you're going to enjoy. Um, now the next track actually um, was uh, banned in the UK for many, many years. You telling, I love when you tell this story. Okay, so, um, all right, so we have to go back to that period of time known locally as the Troubles, (laughs) which is a very, it is a classically Irish slash English way, understated way of saying the generation and a half of sectarian violence <laughs> that resulted in in unknown numbers of deaths and 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 just terrible terrible uh, events happening um we we won't get into the nitty-gritty of it because it's not that kind of show but um in the process of that there were um there were uh, several miscarriages of justice um, and uh, there were a number of very high profile cases uh, in in the UK of people who were convicted of acts of terrorism um, who spent many years in, in prison uh, only to have those convictions overturned and quashed when um, evidence that had been uh, withheld was um, was finally revealed, and um, among those cases, um, one of the most famous is the case of the Birmingham Six, who were six Irish people who were uh, convicted of a bombing in Birmingham, and um, and and spent um, many years in in Britain uh, in prison for for a crime that they did not commit. Um, the uh, Pogues. Uh, on their classic album, If I Should Fall From Grace With God, uh, wrote a song about this, uh, about the Birmingham Six and also the Guildford Four. And um, the song uh, is, is composed of two parts, uh, Streets of Sorrow and then Birmingham Six. Now, who stre- sings uh, Streets of Sorrow? Because it is not Shane. It is not Shane, that's true. Um, let's, uh, let me let me check real quick here, because... Um, Streets of Sorrow, um, that part of it 
uh, is sung by Terry Woods. Okay. And and Terry um, was no um, uh, is uh, I mean, he's still around, but in the Pogues, uh, you know, he was a, a vocalist and also um, he famously played the mandolin on a lot of their on a lot of Pogues records. But very 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 talented man. And um, you know. Streets of Sorrow is is about feeling, you know, about about the sense of sorrow and the sense of sadness overseeing the, the, the mindless violence in Northern Ireland. And then the Birmingham Six is um, more specifically about this these miscarriages of justice. And um, at the time that it was released, um, British radio and television would not the second half there's a very famous moment a very famous sequence of the band uh, performing on a TV show where um, they played Streets of Sorrow and then as the band went into Birmingham 6 the show cut to commercial um, and so it, it's one of those um, it's one of it's, it's one of those songs that is um, very uh, I think I think lyrically it is is one of Shane's best, and and for the band is is one of their best songs as well. It's it's a it's incredibly well well written, well performed, uh, produced by um, longtime Pogues producer Steve Lillywhite, um, and um, now it's it's recognised really as one of their best. Uh, so um, so we are going to play that one for you right now. Um, this is of course the Pogues. And um, the classic, classic, classic song, Streets of Sorrow, Birmingham 6. Oh, farewell, streets of sorrow. And farewell, you streets of pain. I'll not return to feel more sorrow Nor to see more young men slain Through the last six years I've lived through terror And in the darkened streets the pain Oh, how I long to find some solace In my mind I curse the stream So farewell, you streets of sorrow And farewell, you streets of pain No, I'll not return to feel more sorrow Nor to see more young men slain Put you away in the maze 
But my love, by the gasworks wall, dream the dream by the old canal. I kiss my girl by the factory wall, dirty old town. Drifting across the moon Cats are prowling on their beams Springs a girl from the streets at night Dirty old
BFF.FM is based on a simple model. We do something really well, and then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Every great song you hear on BFF.FM comes through the support of listeners who appreciate the local community treasure that BFF.FM is and want to help ensure it continues playing for everybody. When you consider the power of independent local music, it keeps your day in tune. This vital service, so dependent on listener support, deserves your support today. Donate now at BFF.FM. I'm Francisco, Marquez Garcia. I'm welcome to Almeria. We have Singas and Colette. We have Fiesta and Faria. We have a song of the Capona. We have Brandy and Anne Corona. And Leonardo and his accordiani. And Calamari and Macaroni. Come around me.
songs there one of them a cover you were listening to third country radio here on bff.fm best frequencies forever we started off that three song set with streets of sorrow birmingham six that was by the pogues from their album if i should fall from grace with god after that you heard dirty old town again by the pogues uh, from rum sodomy and the lash and then you heard a really really great cover of the pogues um and that song was fiesta which originally came from the album if i should fall from grace with god but this cover uh, which was done by the working class symphony uh, comes from the album a tribute to the pogues now kind of interesting the working class symphony is actually a group from indonesia of mm. all places which was not expected but i, I think it's I, th- I think that's just kind of a a tribute to how popular the Pogues are among, you know, among fans all over the world. Secondly, how their music, despite being very, very grounded in, you know, traditional Irish sounds, somehow translates very well and speaks to people all over the world. I definitely think that has something to do with both the skill of, of the musicians in the Pogues. You know, like the the Pogues had some just very fine musicians uh, all throughout. And I think, it, it you know, it also um, is a testament to, um, you know, Shane McGowan's skills as, as a lyricist, you know, like wherever you are in the world, you can, you can understand and you can find a like a, a a kind of commonality 
uh, because like like the best writers Shan was able to tell a story that had very specific um, elements very specific um, uh, like like parts to it but but the, the overall theme of the sh- of, of the song uh, had a uh, a general appeal you know it had a very broad appeal like you could understand if you listen to a song like you know broad and majestic Sa- Shannon which is a song about you know partings and and about leaving home and and you know, hoping one day to to see it again you can understand that feeling if you have ever had to leave your home for whatever reason and not know exactly when you may return and uh i i think you don't you know you don't have to be irish or of irish descent to to understand that that mentality and 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 to understand the sentiment yeah and it's what's interesting to me there like you, you pointing out because there's kind of a a certain degree of romanticism, I think you could, you could say, in uh, America among the Irish American community of, you know, the you know having to having to leave you know the Emerald Isle as they will so often say, and and I do understand you know that there that, that the experiences of the Irish diaspora a lot of times are are very unique to Ireland and its people, um, mm. the the reasons that people leave. Um, you know the the, the, the famine. Um, there there have been many, but you know the the you know um, the the, the, big the blight. One. <laughs> yeah, the blight and, and the famine, uh, economic hardship, um, and these are very important. You know, cultural stories within that community. But at the same time, like you said, if you kind of blow it out to the macro, that those kinds of issues have been driving migrants for not just for centuries but for for eons mm. um, you know there there have been there's archaeological evidence of uh, an uh, an African like kind of diaspora into England in the 1500s uh, mm. you know people of African descent um, you know the the uh, what was it the Flemish people um, mm. kind of moving around in Europe things like that um, and so I, I what I find interesting about the fact that we just heard a cover from from a band from Indonesia is that while the the sound and of course the sound in that particular song is very interesting because it is a um, a combination of, of Irish but also like you hear a lot of Spanish influence I think it was recorded in Spain or it was inspired by what sounds like a very raucous trip to Spain <laughs> um, and so you know the the music might might be like very different um, to to some people but the themes remain the same mm. um and the and the spirit in that particular song you know the the joy uh the, the the raucous spirit of you know a crazy trip um is something that that i think just about everybody can appreciate uh but you know also some of the you know the other feelings like you were saying you know anybody who's had to leave home mm. uh and, and and longs for for home knows what that is like knows that feeling so yeah it's a uh it really is the sign of like a, a lyricist, a songwriter who understands the human condition. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm really glad that, uh, you know, we are here today 
uh, being able to uh, pay tribute to that with with so many wonderful songs, uh, both both compositions that you know Shane was a part of, and then songs like Dirty Old Town, which uh, he did not write. Uh, you know, the Pokes did not write that song, but they um, when they recorded it, 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 it was one of those situations where they essentially made the song their own. I was going to say there, there's. For me, that is the definitive version of that song. Mm. I've, I've I've tried to listen to other ones, and it's not that it's not that they're bad, but just you listen to it and you're like, no, this this isn't how this isn't how this song goes, you know. <laughs> um, well, the next track is also going to be um, a cover uh, by by another great Irish um, singer and great Irish songwriter, uh, a man who also has a a uh, incredible uh, depth and breadth to his songwriting uh, but uh, who in this case uh, took on uh, the work of, of Shane McGowan and really made it his own in his own way and that is of course the the uh, the, the always fantastic the, the, the great man himself uh, Mr. Christy Moore mm. um, who I remember hearing this version of um, A Pair of Brown Eyes and uh, just he he captures in it, 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 it makes the song his own, uh, but I think when you hear um, another artist covering a song that, um, you know, Shane was involved in the writing of, it, it really kind of gives you a, a new appreciation for his work as a, as a lyricist, you know, in much the same way that listening to Nick Cave cover Rainy Night in Soho uh, really gives you a, a new appreciation for that song. Um, I think uh, this rendition of A Pair of Brown Eyes does the same for um, for what what is a a, a, uh, a really beautiful and in, and in some ways haunting piece of music. I look forward to hearing it then, because this is a, a version that I have not yet heard. Well, will we give it a play? We shall. One summer's evening, drunk as hell, I sat there nearly lifeless. An old man in the corner sang where the water lilies grow. On the jukebox, Johnny sang about a thing called love How are you kid? What's your name? And what do you know? In blood and death Neat the screaming sky I lay down on the ground The arms and legs of other men Less scattered all around Some curse and prayed and prayed and cursed and then they prayed some more and the only thing that I could see was a pair of brown eyes looking at me when we got back little parts one to three there was no pair of brown eyes waiting for me and the roving, the roving, the roving and go Of brown eyes, 
the island that is silent now But the ghosts still haunt the waves And the torch lights up a famished man Who fortune could not save Did you work upon the railroads? Did you write the streets of crime? Where your dollars from the White House? Where I from the five and time? Did the old sons turn to cheer you? And the dust still make you cry? Did you count the months and years? Or did your teardrops quickly dry? Was not to be on a coffin ship. I came here and I never even got so far that they could change my name.
a fantastic song right there maybe one of the band's best and uh, one of the most striking uh, lyrics that uh, Shane McGowan ever wrote uh, you're listening to uh, Third Country Radio on BFF.FM Best Frequencies Forever and we are paying tribute to Shane McGowan uh, who sadly passed away uh, a week ago um, with uh, some of basically the best music uh he he ever uh, had a, had a part in he ever wrote um you just heard uh, thousands are sailing uh by the pogues uh before that uh from uh their debut studio album um red roses for me was uh a a wonderful back and forth uh tussle uh called down in the ground where the dead men go and uh, we kick things off there with um, the unmistakable Christy Moore from his um, Live at Vicar Street album, which was, which I, I don't know how, I know, I understand it may not be very big over here, but the, the Live at Vicar Street record is probably Christy Moore's biggest album uh, back, back in Ireland. And uh, you heard uh, his beautiful rendition of A Pair of Brown Eyes. Uh, which is a it's interesting there's there's a uh, there are certain themes that um shane will go back to time and time again thousands are sailing examines the idea of the irish diaspora and and the reasons why um so many irish emigrated and exact you know kind of like plays with the waves of irish migration uh especially across the atlantic um, and then you also have a pair of brown eyes, which is uh, a an examination of someone who has uh, seen conflict. Like you get that in 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 the verses. It's someone who's dealing with the trauma of of a violent uh, past and maybe what they've lost in that time or what they're still looking for. And and you see that as well in in a lot of Pogue's records, like the theme of, of war and conflict and the, 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 the impact it has on people. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's one thing that I really admire about Shane McGowan's lyrics is that he's he's able to write so many different experiences. And like as far as I know, he was never involved in you know any sort of conflict like he was he was not a member you know of any point of the armed forces or anything like that but the no. fact that he is able to to show that kind of like deep empathy with people who have gone through tremendously traumatic things is is just really remarkable to me um and at the same time with like with a song like thousands are sailing which which i know is kind of directly referencing the uh, irish diaspora but I, I will say that Every time I end up in a major city on the East Coast, mm. I find myself thinking of that song because, especially in New York, um, because New York, you know, it's 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 become a trope, an American trope of like, you know, oh, New York is a is a city of immigrants. But every time I have been there, it's it's abundantly clear that even though you know immigration to the U.S. has has slowed down a lot, people still come mm. and. Although the song is about a particular group of people who came over at a particular time, the themes of wanting a better life, but missing home, trying to hold on to who you are and where you come from while at the same time adapting to a new way of life, that's that's a, a universal for any immigrant. Mm. And so... I, I really appreciate that song as a kind of a kind of a tribute of the 
you know, to the people who, who came here and, and mm. made new lives for themselves, no matter where they're from. Yeah, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how, um, you know, the Pogues and, uh, you know, specifically like Shane McGowan's uh, lyrics, they have such broad appeal because, you know, he, he examines a, a, a universal theme. Um, the song might have a specific um, concept or a specific topic around it, but like you were just saying there, you, you know, you, you go to a major city like New York or even to, you know, a, a place like Chicago or what have you would saw yeah. like a lot of internal movement in and out. Like you get that sense of, of like, you know, groups of people who waves of people. Um, I was recently in Philadelphia and there's a there's a little place called uh, Reading Terminal Market um, mm. that I it was the first time I'd ever been there. And it's. It was originally made as you know, like a as a as a food market, so people would buy their produce and their meat and whatnot. And there are still stalls there, but there's a lot of different restaurants. And, and again, what really struck me when I was in there is that you had, you know, a, a sushi restaurant across from a place that does those like Georgian, so like you know, Eastern yeah. Central Eastern European, like they're called like cheese boats because they're they're like bread with cheese in them. They're awesome. Uh, but, you know, and that was right next to a kind of a hippie herb shop mm. uh, down the way. You you know, there was a little restaurant that was in a Central American food. You had Filipino food in the corner, which was right next to the Spanish place. And, uh, you know, I, I, as, as somebody who is who enjoys food, I'm kind of a little bit of a foodie. Uh, that element of it was cool. But I just remember going in there and, and you're struck by the history of the place and you find yourself wondering, like, 50 years ago, 70 years ago, 100 years ago, if there mm. were restaurants there, what would those restaurants have been? Mm. Um, you know, like, would it, you know, like I'd never had Filipino food before. So for me personally, that was kind of like a, I, I hate to say exotic, but it was a new experience, one yeah. that I was completely unfamiliar with. And you find yourself wondering, had I been here 50 years ago, would, would the you know, the new experience have been, oh, Chinese food or, mm. or, or Italian food or something like that. Mm. Um, and and that's that's one of the joys that I get about going into big cities. Yeah. Is 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 experiencing the world and while welcoming people to my country. I really like that. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that one of the places in there <laughs> that I stumbled across was in fact an Irish restaurant. We do get we do get everywhere. <laughs> Molly Malloy's. <laughs> <laughs> I think another great thing about um thousands of are sailing specifically that song is while it you know it, it examines the the reasons why people might migrate but it also touches on something that i don't think gets examined fairly often um when you write when you hear songs about you know people like moving when you hear songs about like you know the immigrant experience which is um there's an underlying resentment which i think is not unique to Irish people. He 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 makes note of like of of like you know Irish immigrants are the, are are the concept. But I think that there is, um, you know, when you move to another country, you know, like when you think about like the diaspora moving, you know, in this case, you know, moving to to America, um, for many many years, it was a situation where you were, you know, you're, you know, where. This is and this is a universal like you know before telecommunications 
became as 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 widespread as it did like you know you you could leave your home and they may never hear from you again and they may never know what happened to you because you may never have the opportunity to tell them uh you may never be able to send a letter back or you know certainly you know not make a phone call and um i can so there's there's an interesting examination there as well of like a feeling of resenting the fact that you had to go because you know the 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 country you were from could not support you to live there and a certain like feeling of resenting the fact that you miss it so much even though there's so much about it that now that you're now that you have physical distance from it you can see is is ultimately like a real negative you know like like the, the last verse you know that last refrain that last chorus you know making reference to the things like that you know to in the case of ireland like the the overwhelming political power of the church you know in ireland which was the case for generations up until maybe like my generation um and uh you know and, and and other elements that that kind of you know you 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 come to a big city and you feel alone but then you also look back at where you came from and you realize how small and parochial it is and you wonder what it why do i why do i miss it you know why do i still dance to the music of that place and um i think that complexity that 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 that, com- that that those complex emotions that it, that a migrant has about the place they grew about the place that they were born from like um again that's i think that's a that's a that's a really broad theme that i think you can you can relate to you know if regardless of whether you came here from dublin or dubai yeah and what's interesting too is that i think even people who are not immigrants, but have moved within their own country. Mm. Um, especially like uh, you know, if you're if you're rural and you move to a major city, you know, if you you know you come from a place that there is not a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, a, sm- a small village or just like an impoverished era area in you know middle America, that kind of thing. Mm. And you go to Los Angeles, you go to New York, you go to Seattle, you go to Chicago, you go to any of the the major cities that are either on the coast or you know are in the middle of the country but are still quite big mm. and 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 i i have never moved and lived in a major city before but even when i travel i'm always struck by there's a part of me that really that loves the 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 diversity that loves kind of the you know the big sights and sounds of the city and kind of thinks like you know oh man like i have to go back to to you know tiny town <laughs> and <laughs> tiny town where everybody looks like me and you know the food is food that i've had hundreds of times before and i can't just i can't go somewhere and go huh what do people in the philippines have for breakfast i guess i'll try right now um you you know you can't do that here yeah but at the same time you're in the city and and i i I love cities I, i love the excitement i love the culture but there's a part of me that that deeply deeply misses the the quiet and the the beauty of the countryside mm. um and and to a certain extent like i it sounds weird to say but the um you know the routine yeah of of you know knowing who that person is or you know knowing what happens at this time of day that sort of thing um and and there always is like a little a little tiny bit of conflict of course i you know and i know that i'm only there for you know a week or however long so i'm going to go home 
But it's just weird how you even get that little bit of a microcosm when you travel sometimes within your own country, or if you move, you know, people who... I assume that that, that, that kind of dissonance is much more for people who go, like, I'm from, you know, a, a town of 800 people in Nebraska, <laughs> but I'm really smart, and so, like, unless I want to get stuck in this town of 800 people in Nebraska where my only options are work at the gas station or work at the Dollar General, I need to go, you know... Yeah. I, I, need, I need to go to Portland... Uh, where people will think that I'm kind of weird because I'm not as cultured and erudite as they are. And so I'll be upset about that, but I'll also be upset about the fact that, like, you know, I had to do this mm. so that I could make a life for myself. Mm. Just It's it's a beautiful, you know, it, it's, a, it's a team that I think, like, everyone everyone can, can kind of connect with. Yeah. Um, so we are, we are, as per usual, running right up against the clock, and there's so much more music we want to share. Uh, but uh, this next track is one that I really want to include because um, it is, uh, it comes from uh, McGowan's uh, band that he formed after he was, after he was asked to leave the Pogues. Uh, he formed a group called Shane McGowan and the Popes. And um, they recorded a couple of great records. Um, and uh, this next track uh, features um, a, uh, a vocal guest vocal performance by uh, Sinead O'Connor, another fantastic uh, artist uh, who we also sadly lost recently. And um, the juxtaposition of her beautiful voice and Shane's much more rugged uh, uh, vocals is... Um, is just really striking in in this next track uh so coming from shane mcgowan and the popes this song is haunted do you remember that sunny day somewhere in london Didn't have nothing to do that day Didn't want to do nothing anyway You got a way of walking You got a way of talking And it's something about you Wanna be haunted by the ghost of your precious love Of your precious love First time I saw you standing in the street You were so cool you could have put out Vietnam All the girls ask what's he like I see Love. Oh, your precious love Of oh, your precious love 
couple of wonderful songs there, one of which featured Shane McGowan and one that did not, but I wanted it on our show, so there you go. You are listening to <laughs> Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And to start us off there, you heard Haunted, uh, it says featuring Sinead O'Connor. That was by uh, Shane McGowan and the Popes from the album The Snake. Uh, really wonderful stuff there. And the first time I'd ever heard this song, and I was just, I'm, I'm very taken by it. Mm. It's beautiful. Uh, one thing that I did kind of mention to Connor is that Sinead O'Connor is uh, one of those artists who kind of has an amazing ability to sound like different people, um, to, to sound completely different depending on what mm. a song may need. Uh, so very cool to hear her there. After that, you heard I'm a Man You Don't Meet Every Day. That was by the Pogues from their album Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash. Now, that song, obviously not sung by Shane McGowan, but sung by Kate O'Reardon, the, the bassist mm-hmm. for the band, uh, who for a very long time was married to uh, Elvis Costello. Funnily enough, actually, uh, that was that was what everyone believed, but uh, O'Reardon herself says that there was never actually any formal um, a union. Uh, they, they, they never officially got married, apparently, like legally. Uh, but yeah, they were together for, for 16 years. Wow. And uh, I, was, I was looking at her biography, and I guess in, in recent years, uh, she formed a band of divorcees <laughs> called Prenup. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the name. I'm sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I agree. Like, um, Sinead O'Connor, another artist who, um, uh, much like McGowan, uh, was often misunderstood, um, but in, in a very different way and who suffered greatly, um, for much of her life, uh, unfortunately, yeah. um, and uh, infused her work with a lot of with a lot of that pain and, and 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 a lot of the strength that was born out of that, like that that strident desire to to not be trampled over, um, which is, um, I mean, uh, you you have to respect it. And uh, again, like McGowan, uh, gone before her time unfortunately yeah it's a real shame yeah however she and shane um have both left us with a wealth of amazing music uh, classic songs that uh will live long long after they 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 have gone and their memory will will always remain um and i don't think any song better encapsulates the pogues than our final track here today yeah, it's a it's a really wonderful piece, and I remember I remember you playing it for me uh, not long after we met. Um, it's called the Broad Majestic Shannon. Mm. It is a beautiful, beautiful song, and and a wonderful way for us to finish this tribute. I think. Uh, so until next week, take care of each other, uh, you know, and and sing it out li- nice and loud. Hi, make art, love life, and thanks for everything, Shane. I saw he was down at the Greeks There was whiskey on Sunday and tears in her cheeks He sang me a song that was pure as the breeze And a road leading up Glenavie I sat for a while at the crescent finner Where young lovers would meet when the flowers were in bloom Heard the man coming from the fire chair on the arts and temporary wherever they go Take time and dry your tears, babe Take my hand 
Slime 